All right, foundlings, welcome to another edition of Sabak Talk. Today we are going to be talking about the season finale, season two of The Mandalorian, chapter 16, The Rescue. Um, we're excited to get into this. Uh, we'll be getting into uh, some of our likes and dislikes, faves, uh, maybe some fun facts and trivia. Um, and we'll see. Maybe we'll do some idiots arrays and couple other little segments in there should be a good time um we're coming at you the weekend before christmas holiday weekend um i am tim tim i am in a um in the middle of a road trip so i'm coming to you from amarillo texas um uh middle of one of my pit stops and blake you're also um sort of out of out of uh your home as well yeah we're in chicago right now so yeah 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 thanks for listening guys and tuning in we definitely <laughs> we definitely didn't plan this out super well uh we kind of i guess just bad timing and everything but we're here and we're trying to give you good content we're we're super excited i mean yeah. it's the last episode we got so much to talk about yeah for sure we do got a lot to talk about and should be a good time um hope hopefully you all enjoy this um and we can uh we can uh have a good discussion here so stick with us here this is star wars talk for the average fan this is the way get into this and I before we get into it I want to say thank you so much to lo-fi artist closed on Sunday for that new track that he's recently dropped which is a lo-fi version of the Mandalorian theme love it and I think it's uh it's been a great addition to our pod so let's get into this oh dude I don't know man I'm I have no I literally have no clue where your head is at with this chapter <laughs> I know we haven't talked about it at all oh man nothing well, I guess, no, I think we did text a little bit, but I can't remember exactly what was said. I mean, it was mostly about Boba Fett not being Mandalorian, you know? Yes, of course. Um, well, you know, and, and I got to say, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head with that, you know? And never, <laughs> I, I, we never get tired of, of <laughs> we never get tired of being right, you know? It's like, oh, I, you know, the feeling of just being right when everyone else is wrong, um, it's a great feeling, isn't it? <laughs> I know, and, and I, we, we, we said it beginning of the season when they were talking about Boba Fett, we kinda, he kind of got introduced. We just, everyone was always talking about Boba Fett is the first Mandalorian and he's the one that got the Mandalorian game started. But we were, we were staying strong and knew he was not Mandalorian. Even after, you know, the tragedy episode, uh, everyone was like, oh yeah, Boba Fett's Mandalorian. Yeah. And it's like, nah, <laughs> you, guys, you guys missed it. He never said he was. And sure enough, He's not Mandalorian. So thank you guys. Thank you, John Favreau, uh, Dave Filoni for keeping that canon. Yeah. Because we all knew that was true, except, you know, people kind of lost sight of that. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. It makes sense. Like, I just don't, people, people, people follow their hearts more than their heads, I think, with a lot of Boba Fett stuff, because, uh, you know, you know, he's, he's a, people resonate with him and people are emotionally attached to him in certain ways. And so. I, I did I did enjoy that scene though that was fun. Um, so in terms of this chapter as a whole, like what uh, what's our what's our uh, what's our verdict here? I mean, I can go first. Like with my positives, I think I think it was a great way to All end right. it. I think it was a great way to end it. I'm happy. The okay. Gro I'm happy yeah. the Grogu story is over with. Like I and like I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I hated Grogu. I loved Grogu. I just didn't want them to carry drag yes. out another season. You know, it's like I don't like those drag on those drag on storylines where it's like too too long. And 
so I'm glad that he yeah. is in the safe hands of Luke, but will eventually die at the hand of Kylo Ren, R.I.P. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it was a good way to end. And, you know, Mando had a really good arc in this. And we got, you know, got like a cliffhanger for the next season and the next what we're going to see next season. Oh, yeah, big time. So I, I'm excited. I, I liked it a lot. And, I mean, obviously Luke Skywalker was, like, amazing. That was honestly, like, peak you know, this godlike performance of Luke Dude. Skywalker's appearance. So it was it was amazing. It was incredible. Yes, dude. That was it was awesome. I agree. No, I felt the same way about the sort of the ending of the Grogu dynamic in terms of like just like it, it's like you can do like two seasons worth where like the overall tension is basically just, you know, Gideon wants Grogu and Mando's trying to do something with Grogu and now we're moving on from that. And so I'm, I'm really excited for what the future holds for Din Djarin and for the show. Uh, I'm going to miss Grogu for sure. But yeah, um, and we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what the show's like without him though. Like, I'm really curious. Like, I really like The Believer, the only chapter we've ever had without him. And it was so, good. Yeah, it was you know, super good. We'll see how it goes. Um, and I mean, we do, we definitely have to chalk up the scoreboard again, man. Like, we got to bust that thing out again. Oh, my gosh, what, dude. What, what was it? In our very, like, what, first or second episode, you had said Grogu would die in the in in Jedi Academy? Dude, I think it was, it was early on. It was, I think it was when the uh, trailer came out, when we the did, like, that trailer, special right? podcast for the season two trailer. Dude. Uh, made the prediction, Idiot's Array. That was Grogu's going to get with Luke. That was the craziest, most far out there industry I thought we've ever had, <laughs> and yet you freaking nailed it, dude. Unless they make a new like canon. Thing, well, we don't. Go, yeah, go he, can, he can still live. Yeah, it's like yeah. It that's lo- what I was gonna say. I feel it's like that's crazy. Yeah, no, definitely. And and some people have said that to me. I've had some conversations about that. Where if he could escape Order sixty six, he can escape Kylo Ren. And I have to admit, like. I mean, I feel like Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader is probably a little bit more scary than a Kylo Ren <laughs> um, tantrum. So I feel like maybe Grogu survived, but I feel like I still give myself a W for that idiot yeah, today, that for sure. Awesome, and, awesome. and I feel like, I feel like, <laughs> I also feel like we've been talking about Luke like multiple times over this uh, second season. Like I, I, I feel like both of us have brought it up. But I, I definitely know I have brought it up like, Luke Skywalker is going to show up. Like I had like a really, I just felt like it made the most sense in world and it would be such an epic way to just like pull this, pull this show into like the bigger Star Wars world. And it happened. So like I was totally cool with it and it was exciting, man. Yeah, I was stoked. I was, I was so, so, so ecstatic. Luke has always been one of my favorites. You know, I grew up watching the originals and so, I love Luke. And so seeing him again, like in action too, I was like, this is so, this is amazing. This is so cool. And he was just so, I mean, I don't know, like the way they talked about him and the way his presence was obviously, I mean, it is CGI over, over like a face CGI and stuff, but like, it was just so amazing. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, the, a Jedi. Like they were like shocked a Jedi showed up and you know, he's like this ominous presence. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, this is so beautiful. This is so cool. This is so cool to see. Yeah. Dude. Well, I mean, I mean, we got to talk about, like, I feel like the best shot of the episode was the parallel between Rogue One and 
and this one yes that was cool do you get do you know um, dude that was amazing when he when he just walks up with the ignites the lightsaber it looks just like his own father in the hallway scene the end of rogue one uh total parallel shots oh my gosh and then just the green and the the smoke and the red with the smoke um yeah beautiful shot beautiful parallel there uh yeah so epic was there other things that you felt like you would you would highlight as positives yeah, I think, I mean, I think the, honestly, I thought, I felt like the flow went really well. Um, I felt like Gideon played, you know, he was a good, good villain. He played up to his role. And um, I thought it was cool to seeing, you know, Bo-Katan's true, true nature kind of, you know, coming out as like this warrior and fighter and um, this the Mandalorian. It's like, that's, that's who she is. And it was very innate in her culture and who she, her identity. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing that her, her, you know her like what am i trying to say like her her internal struggle of i need the dark saber to unite mandalore and yet here is din jaren who was a good mm-hmm. guy and who helped you know defeat gideon who's helped me before but i need to defeat him in combat it's like she was definitely considering yeah like, shooting him right then and trying to kill him right then so i thought that was so cool and uh yeah you know gideon playing you know the devil's advocate like the little little devil whispering in her ear it's like dude this is so good this is so cool and uh like i like the fight scene between yeah. G- gideon and din i liked you know the fight scene between boba and uh the other mandalorian sasha banks i can't remember her her uh her, her name Costco reeves okay yeah thanks i like i like and how they have it how bo katana recognized you know boba's voice like i liked all this stuff these little connections they made and i thought it was excellent yeah. writing uh, only thing I really I think wish more is we could have like more resolution after Grogu left. Uh, I just want a little bit more of like what, yeah. they're, gonna, what they're gonna do because like obviously we, they just left him in the ship. It would have been cool to see like them, you know, meet up with like the New Republic or something or see some some more more resolution toward that. Something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean that's that's something really small that I didn't really like. But other than that, I thought it was really good. It, it was like kind of. You know, going from right at the beginning to to the very end, I thought it was really good. In terms of positives, I would I would echo everything that that you just said. Um, and I thought it was interesting. I kind of was, I had a positive. I I had a feeling we talked about this. Uh, Bo Katan is going to come back for this episode. Yeah. Um, and she did, and I liked her performance in a lot of ways. But I also felt like it was kind of strange because she almost was giving me more of like the children of the watch kind of a vibe interesting more than like mando was that it kind of seemed like it kind of seemed like she was written differently than the heiress to me okay um and but i need to i feel like i need to rewatch it still um to get a little bit more of that vibe but i love the connections back to the clone wars that line that she says i've heard your voice a thousand times yeah like that was just like so fun to hear that was sweet uh, did you have any other kind of like negatives or do you want me to, do you want me to get into some of mine? No, actually I do. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember something I thought of, dude. This, okay. this was probably the most Marvel-esque episode we've seen of the Mandalorian. Re- oh, really? Would yeah. you, do you think so? In my opinion. Yeah. So like they do the team, like they do the okay. team up. Let's, let's get this. We need Bo-Katan's help. Let's do all these people. They devise this plan. Yeah. And then, they have the hallway scene of all the women, which is literally identical to Endgame. Remember Endgame had that scene of all the female superheroes. And I was like, okay, this is exactly Endgame. And then they have this, you know, this great fight scene 
um, this great hero shows up and destroys all the dark troopers. And then all of a sudden, at the end, they have an after credit scene of, you know, the Boba scene. And I was like, that is... Yeah, the after credit. That is Marvel. That is Marvel exactly to a T. So I thought this was so marvel yeah. And I was annoyed by that. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I was able to look past it because we they have Luke Skywalker show up, <laughs> you know? So that, that's, I guess, only now I'll yeah. really say that. That really bothered me. Um, what did you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can agree with, I can see that. Um, and like some of those dynamics of, uh, were definitely accentuated, but I feel like that's modern. That's like the modern age that we're yeah, like the, yeah, that's, that's just like the, the moment, the moment that we're in right now. And I don't like it, but it's like, I mean, these people are, I mean, it's an industry at the end of the day, they're trying to do what they know is going to rile people up and, you know, get people to watch their stuff and to, you know, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. So I got a couple things that I'm going to throw out there that seemed that kind of weird to me. Um, and the first one I'll say is just like generally, I feel like it was so weird to me, this, this chapter in some ways, because the wow factor was like cranked up to 11 with Luke arriving. And I was so hyped, but in a lot of other ways, this chapter seemed kind of anticlimactic to me. Okay. I don't know. Maybe if I rewatch it, I'll have a different feeling. But as I was watching this, I just felt like the whole battle, like everything that went, everything that went on, it didn't, it was just very boring to me. Like it was so, if you, I mean, at at least when I watched it, I don't know if there was like a single moment where any of the good guys, like even like broke a sweat other than Mando (laughs) fighting the dark trooper (laughs) and uh, Mando fighting the dark trooper and Mando fighting um, Gideon. Like none, they're all just like stylistically walking through the halls and just like shooting stormtroopers, and sure, it's like yeah. all happening like so easily. And I was just like, oh, this is so boring. Like this is like if there's gonna be this grand final battle, like make it into a battle. And so I kind of was like let down by that a lot. I felt that there, they really should have. I it just was so, like the taking of the Gazanti in the Eris seemed like more of a fight than the taking of this entire cruiser. Sure. It was just very, like, it was, it was weird to me. Um, I, I didn't like the way that the, that, that whole battle played out. Um, but maybe if I rewatch it, I'll like it more. And that's really like the, the majority of it. I just, it, yeah, there was just, it was just too much of that like stylized, you know, like cool moments of um, fighting and like not any actual like battle. I think it would have been really cool if they had, you know, somebody was like injured and they were all just like really like wasted and like really, they really like raised the stakes and the intensity when like the dark troopers are like knocking on the door and when Luke comes in and saves them all. Um, but it kind of just felt like, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, it didn't think meh, like when he showed up, but just like the, like the, none of the, none of them had like really done any fighting. They all just kind of just walked around and shot really easily. Hey, Kara's so, Dune, Kara Dune's gun got jammed for a second. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't forget about that. Was like the <laughs> that was like the biggest struggle of the entire thing. Yeah. Um, and then I thought that I felt that I'm oh I'm curious. I guess this one I can't say is a dislike because I'm curious to see where it's gonna go, but it felt a little bit like Gideon was sort of like his role was kind of weakened in a way. I don't know, like, in, it seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like they just, maybe it just has to do with the fact that it all felt so easy. It felt like they were able to take him down really easily. Okay. 
when like he's been like this bad guy for like so many chapters and like he's it seemed he seemed like very untouchable and then all of a sudden they just sort of all just kind of waltz onto a ship and waltz through his whole place and Din Djarin has like a really cool fight with him which I I enjoyed but um just the whole downfall of him it felt a little bit weak to me okay and Last thing I'll say that this was just like kind of like a weird, like dumb thing. Like I, this didn't really take away from my viewing experience at all, but it was like, I was like, does Luke not care about like what Gideon is doing? Like uh, he just like yeah. came and took Grogu and left. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like, what, is he not going to like investigate, like talk to Gideon maybe? But, like, what are you doing? Like, didn't, isn't Luke the one who defeated the empire like 10 years ago? So shouldn't he care? <laughs> like what the, like this like the empire's rebuilding itself and so that seemed a little bit inconsistent to me but i get why they did it like that's like the theatrical element of yeah, it like yeah. the whole like elevator elevator closing at the end r2d2 that was amazing um so i get why they did it but i think it, once you think about it like in world like it didn't really make a lot of sense for him to just walk in take grogu and leave like i think he would have done a little bit more investigating to like figure out what is going on so those are just a couple things that I kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. Yeah, I wish I do too wish they had more dark trooper fights. Like at least like yeah. showing how powerful they're like I know Dan was by himself and he's fighting that one, but it's like it would have been cool if they like were trying to fight him and they ended up then they ended up getting trapped in, you know, the, the bridge. But it's like they were like they like locked themselves in the bridge before they could even fight him or anything. So it was like it would be cool to see how they try to operate or how they tried to fight all of them and then yeah shows up and saves them but yeah so i did think that was anticlimactic yeah i don't know overall i like would never i i i I liked it a lot i liked the chapter a lot so those were just a few things that kind of stuck with me after watching it but i did really really like it and oh my gosh like there's I, i don't feel like there's not like enough things i could point out as like awesome moments uh around like the luke uh reveal like luke showing up like so everything about that like so many shots so many little moments were just so cool yeah i loved when and it was really well done yeah when they showed the x-wing and i was like oh my gosh they contacted the new republic like the new republic's gonna help them and then when when, uh cara dune i think it's cara dune she goes oh only one x-wing were saved at that moment i was like it's freaking luke skywalker dude they freaking did it they wrote luke skywalker (laughs) in the mandalorian i was so stoked man dude that's the exact same moment i realized it and that's hilarious that's hilarious because you just took my favorite line no, again. oh gosh dang it i'm sorry i always do that to you. oh my gosh dude i think that's, I think that's like i think that's like four weeks in a row you've gotten to my favorite lines before uh before we, we have, got to the favorite lines we have similar tastes uh so i mean we're, we're really great friends so you know we think alike on a lot of stuff so <laughs> i guess yeah dude we're <laughs> dude, on the same wavelength but no that <laughs> no no it's all good but no i, I can transition into the faves though now well, that's okay, a good yeah. that's a good segue um <laughs> but no that was my favorite line of the whole thing i mean there was a lot of really cool lines especially from luke and everybody but that was the line that had me like on my feet like as soon as she said that oh one one x-wing we're saved I was like, oh my gosh. Like I stood up off the couch and I was like freaking out. Um, and yeah, 
it was that was awesome what was your did you have any other favorite line um i mean i really liked uh you're not a mandalorian so uh <laughs> <laughs> um, your father you mean your donor you mean yeah, your donor <laughs> dude she was ruthless dude bo katan dude she was uh Dude, she, she was, was ro- dude. It was the boba roast. Yeah. Um, I I no. I think that that definitely was my favorite line. The uh, yeah, because it's the shock factor of, holy crap! They really did write Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. Like he's he actually is showing up. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. I mean, I definitely think like a lot of the the, the final exchange between Dinjarin and Grogu was there were some good lines, dude, like good touching, intimate though. lines shared there. It was sad. Oh man, that was the. That was the tearjerker moment. I mean, I, I had a lump in my throat. I didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't have any tears, but I had a lump in my throat for sure. But one thing I will say, this is kind of like a, something that I thought was really smart and cool with just like the whole delivery of the episode. Like I felt like I knew it was Luke, like, like I said, right when they said the lone X-Wing line. But um, I really liked how most of uh, the, the first shots of him going through the cruiser were on the security camera, so you couldn't see the color yeah, yeah. of the lightsaber. I thought that was really clever, just like good filmmaking, that they kind of just like drew out the anticipation through like some of the fights. So like you knew it was Luke, but you didn't quite know for yeah. sure. And the first time <laughs> they show, yeah, <laughs> but the first time and the first time they show it like um, not through the security cameras, they show the gloved hand, and I feel like that was the like the reveal. It's like, oh wait, that's like Luke. And then you see like the green glow and the the uh, the black robes, yeah. And that just like sends it overboard. So uh, the antition, the anticipation buildup um, throughout those shots, I thought was was good filmmaking. It was uh, really enjoyable. So do we want to do fun facts then? Are we yeah. are we already ready for for fun facts? Let's send those fun. All facts. right. I don't have a whole lot. Like I said, I'm in the middle of a road trip, and just haven't been able to uh, dedicate as much time. To this but uh, i'm gonna read a few and kind of bring up a few here luke was physically portrayed by or i guess in the choreography etc was portrayed by max lloyd jones um but the face and voice were edited in through cgi the face was edited in through cgi and the voice was uh mark hamill so mark hamill makes his return as luke skywalker so that was really awesome um, Something else that was really cool, I thought a really cool fun fact, is that other than Solo, R2-D2 has appeared in every single Star Wars series and movie. No way, what? Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is so R2-D2 has showed up in every single thing, like every movie, every, um, every show, which I guess really the only shows we're talking about is like Clone Wars, Rebels, and um, Mandalorian. And then, and I guess, I guess there's a few others, um, but he showed up in them. And then, so the only one he hasn't showed up in is Solo. And I was like racking my brain. I was like, yeah, I guess he doesn't show up in Solo. That's kind of funny. Um, he's so, old as hell, man. Yeah, dude, he's, he's seen it all. Uh, R2-D2 has seen it all. So I thought that was really awesome. Well, I would just definitely direct people back to um, some of our like previous episodes where we um, talk a lot about the dark saber and how that's passed down, because that was a big uh, a big deal as we're coming out of this episode. 
Um, and I'm going to go to the after credit scene. There's a couple little fun uh, facts there. So it has now been confirmed via Twitter that the book of Boba Fett is going to be its own miniseries. There was a little bit of controversy afterwards. People thought that the book of Boba Fett was going to be the third season of the Mandalorian, that it was going to be sort of like more centered or at least like um, somewhat centered on Boba Fett and in John or something, but the book of Boba Fett is going to be its own show. Yeah. That, um, so I, I, I saw that and I don't, I, I mean, I knew right away he was, he was going to have his own show because obviously you can't have Boba Fett in a show called the Mandalorian. So I knew for sure yeah. he wasn't, that was going to be a third <laughs> season, but dude, I was even seeing, I was even seeing some people comment and saying, Oh, I thought it was like an actual book, like a physical book with page, like pages and like he would, they were just making a book for Boba Fett. And I was like, Oh my gosh, guys, are you serious? Are we that, are we that crazy that we think that an actual book is coming out instead of a show? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is rich, man. I like <laughs> people really got imagination um, or they're just really literal, like taking things a little too literally for there, sure. guys. <laughs> Uh, oh man okay so let me go in through a couple more um bib fortuna there's a couple of little fun facts with bib fortuna um he was portrayed here uh by matthew wood who is the same person who portrays him and his appearance in the phantom menace oh no way so that's kind of cool yeah during the uh pod racing sequence he shows up with uh jabba oh that's right um that and right. another thing about uh yeah Another thing about Bib Fortuna that was interesting is that in this uh, scene, he's holding a staff, which is never before seen on, on screen, but was included in a 1983 action figure of Bib Fortuna. So that's kind of a funny little fact. This is the first, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, this is the first time that Grogu sees uh, Din Djarin's face. Yeah, that so was cool. That's kind of cute. That was really cool, honestly. Uh, Shows yeah. his face and he touches him. You can just feel like Mando has it, you know, felt. Oh, I know. Felt anything else in his face in like who knows how long since he was a foundling. So it's like that's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah, I know. Definitely. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was awesome. And that is basically all I've got for fun facts. I mean, I think that there's other things kind of floating out there, little trivia things, and you know, I think there was a lot of little. Uh, I don't want to say Easter eggs, but kind of like nods to other productions. Like some people have pointed to the the vacuum of space, uh, the movie Alien, and obviously there's the parallel between this one and um, Rogue One with Darth Vader's hallway scene. And then you've also got like people pointing to parallels between Fennec Shand and uh, Leia as they enter Jabba's palace. And there's, I mean, there's several different things, but I mean, for the most part, those are uh, what I've got for fun facts. We'll open the Idiot's Array section. Idiot's Array! We're in. And oftentimes in our Idiot's Arrays, we just ask questions. And so my question to you would be, do you think that we are going to get a battle between Bo-Katan and Din Djarin? Like a, like and, a 1v1. Yeah, and I got to give you, you know, props for that too. You have predicted that third season would be, would be pointed towards Mandalore. And I remember you even saying, you know, Din would be the bridge between the Children of the Watch and you know, Mandalorian. So that was, that was cool. That, that That's kind of coming true a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm a little, I know, I'm a, I'm a little confused because I'll have to go rewatch the Rebels episode, but 
you know, Sabine mm. Wren gives Bo-Katan a Darksaber. And, Dark, and Bo-Katan accepts it, like, right away. And, or she is kind of reluctant to accept it, but not, like, in a way, like, oh, I can't accept this because I didn't beat you in combat. It was just more like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't, I don't know if I want to lead the people or whatever. And then, you know, Sabine kind of talks her into it. And, like, she's the one that should unite Mandalore. So I, I, I'm kind of confused that if, uh-huh. if I mean, maybe need to rewatch it, but because it does, it does sound like you do need to defeat them in combat. Like that would, that would make more sense, you know, the Mandalorian way. So I don't know. I, I, I know. And she's like, I can't accept it. I can't take it. So like, maybe they have to do like a fake, you know, fight scene or yeah. something. It's like weird because, <laughs> but then, it, but then again, it's like the honorable way of the Mandalorian way is all about honor, right? So it's like that would be a dishonorable win if they fake the fight. So I don't know. I, I'm confused at what's going to happen. And Din, obviously, he does not seem like a leader type, leadership type, but maybe that makes him the perfect fit to be the leader. You know? Yeah. I mean, maybe that'll be his final arc: is him like growing yeah. into, you know, becoming a becoming a leader. I mean, I, yeah, that's one of the things I was saying with Bo-Katan as well, though, because it seems like this, like, this emphasis, like, away from just sort of being practical to sort of being more, like, uh, orthodoxical and, like, stringent, it felt like she was taking, like, some steps back into, like, the fundamentalism of, like, the Children of the Watch sort of a mindset. Not saying the Children of the Watch are, like, obsessed with the Darksaber, but just, like, the idea that, like, this, like, ritual or this like rite of passage sort of thing is something that is going to like supersede um, what's practically uh, available in front of her. And so, yeah, I I was a little puzzled by that. I mean, admitting, yeah, admitting that I haven't really seen rebels and all that, but yeah, I was a little puzzled by that. I think it's, I think it's definitely, I can't say definitely, but I feel like it's mostly a plot device to develop into the the plot of season three. That's that's going to be like a reason for, for Din Djarin to be sort of pushed into becoming the leadership when we all sort of know that his personality wouldn't go that direction naturally. And so he's being pushed into that. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's going to play out really interesting. Um, I'm really curious if we're going to see a reappearance of the armorer or maybe some of Dude. the characters from that, co- that uh, covert. They've got to, right? Because, I mean, they're ch- the children of the Watch, they made that distinction. They're separate from mandalorian so and we know that they they haven't died on screen yet so they've got to come up i think they're they're yeah. going to come out the shadows dude i am i'm so here for that like i've been saying all season multiple of our pods like my favorite plot development so far has been the fact that you know he's in a cult and he's an extremist fundamentalist and we all were on board with it as the audience and to see that it played out even further i think in this next season is going to be really fascinating and I hope that he comes back face to face with a character like the Armorer. I think it'll be really, really interesting. With his helmet off, you think? Maybe. Who knows, man? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, he almost. I mean, him and Paz Vissel almost killed each other because he tried to take off his helmet. You know, and he That's almost true. killed Cobb Vamp. You know, I mean, it's just like these people are obsessed with uh, with clothing. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a little weird. Do we have anything else for you? I feel like I feel like we're like I almost feel like we're being anticlimactic now. Like, do we have like, how do we finish off these two seasons of Mandalorian? Oh, it it's been a journey for sure, and I think oh yeah, I I'm excited to see it, and I I've heard some rumors that they're gonna you know pause the Mandalorian to do Boba Fett, but I don't think that. I think they're gonna continue. Oh, really? I just I think they're gonna just gonna continue to do both. Um, 
because I mean the Mandalorian's oh. so hot right now, and it's honestly paved the way for all these live actions. So I don't think they they would like put it on hiatus for a little bit until they get everything else in order. But I I do think there's gonna be a lot of crossover. That I guess that's one of my idiots already is like Boa Fett and like yeah. the Boa Fett show and the Ahsoka show. You know the uh, the Marshals of the New Republic or what is it called? Rangers, Rangers, oh, Rangers. Thank you. Yeah, Rangers of the New Republic. I think they're Space all Space Ranger. <laughs> Space Ranger. Oh, uh, Buzz Lightyear. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Uh, I think they're <laughs> yeah. definitely going to. Uh, <laughs> I think they're definitely going to spill over into each other. At least like one episode. You know, like have a little yeah. crossover where they yeah. come in contact with them. I think definitely Boba is going to play a big role in Rangers of the New Republic. I know you had said that too. But now definitely that he's like, he does seem like this more villain type. Like, it, it's like, who, who's going to be yeah. the good guys in that show, you know, if he's this, the leader yeah. of the underworld now. So it's like, I'm, I'm curious to yeah, see. He's going underworld, man. One. Yeah. I know. And that's another thing too. Everyone on Instagram was saying, oh yeah, he's an honorable man. He's, oh, he's going to help find Grogu. I was like, Boba is still Boba. Like, don't, don't think he's like this good dude because he's going to help Gro- uh, Din Djar and save Grogu. It's like, He's still a bounty hunter, you know. It's like he's still this this dude that grew up in the criminal under underworld. So, and sure enough, you know, he goes and yeah. takes his spot at, at the throne. So, I'm excited to see more Tim. Uh, yeah, Tim Weta Morrison. Yeah, dude. I know that's exactly what I was gonna say, dude. He's his depiction of Boba Fett, like through these last three chapters, has just blown me away. To be honest, like I've been really, really. It's just, it's just so fun to see, um, not just him being a great actor. Just the way that it connects back to the the prequel era um just the fact that he's playing the role it's it's excellent do we have anything else we need to cover in this idiot's array i feel like it's so hard to like you know pinpoint anything do you think that gideon is going to continue to play a role as a villain or do you think that he's going to be uh incapacitated i don't know you know maybe maybe he'll play a role also in the rangers of the new republic maybe cara dune will get like a spinoff in that or something i don't know yeah it's He's definitely has some yeah. insight. Obviously, if he's a moth, he's really high up in the empire. So I, I, to be honest, I think that he will. I think that he will continue to uh, be fighting and to play a role as a villain. Um, not just because, it, mostly because I feel like I, I remember an interview with um, Giancarlo Esposito before this season even came out, where he talked about. Um, how excited he is for season three, and so what? that would lead me to believe that he's going to be playing a big role. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. I I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting either way. And I do think that it's going. There's going to be some chapters, at least a couple, that take place on Mandalore. I think we're go- I think no, we're going I'm, back to Mandalore. I'm so I, that, I'm, I'm so excited sure. to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be sick, dude. Live action, man. It's like the first it's the first time live action going to Mandalore, right? It's yeah. gotta be. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I'm I'm really, really excited for it. We ready to start wrapping this up? It's crazy, it's it's over, you know. It, it, it's like I'm happy, I'm it sad. It's like it it was it was a good run, man. It was this was an excellent season. There were some was. things obviously I didn't like about it, but overall it's like the Mandalorian is such a good show and it really did open the door for so many other live actions, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, it's going to be sick. I mean, we've got, I mean, the next few years, it's, I think it's going to be good to be a Star Wars fan. Um, 
I like I say, I'm optimistically nervous. Like I'm always nervous that Disney <laughs> is going to over Disney things, but I'm also like really excited because I mean, it's just there's so much going on, so much fun stuff. And this was yeah, this was a cool season. And I'm I one of the things I will say to bring it back to the story of this chapter. I feel really good about the ending, the way it, it capped off, because I feel like it was really one of the only ways I would have felt really comfortable with Grogu leaving uh, was if he left in Jaren and went into the hands of Luke Skywalker. I think that that was, it was just, it's just like the perfect way to end it really. Like, I feel like it had to be Luke in order for it to feel right. Maybe Ahsoka could have played that role, but it, Luke definitely, yeah. I mean, it's just great. And so, you know, I got to send my love to uh, Grogu. Um, that's really, I'll dedicate this, I'll dedicate this episode of the podcast to Grogu. Um, <laughs> I know, thank you, man. If, if you, I'm allowed you, to do that. You made this show so amazing. <laughs> but, alas, this, this season of The Mandalorian may be over, and there's no new Star Wars coming out um, immediately anytime soon but sabak talk will carry on um come 2021 so we want to we want to make a couple quick little announcements here <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah because i mean we we have been honestly so overwhelmed and with like the not overwhelmed i guess that's a bad word but we've just been so overjoyed with you know the great feedback we received uh, you know on our instagram and the support we get from all our friends and family and I've, I've hear like, I've hear people have, sh you know, shared our podcast with other people. And like, I'm, we're just stoked to hear that. We're so grateful for you guys. We, you know, we hit uh, 2000 plays on over like what, 15 episodes. We've hit 2000 plays on our, uh, on our app we use to edit these podcasts. And like, we're just, we we're, we're honestly in shock. Yeah. And so we just want to thank you guys so much for helping us like, you know, it, it, like we just started as a fun project and now it's just like it just it's so much more fun with you guys involved and all these other people it's involved. so it's like fun it, it's amazing and we we love you guys and we thank you guys so much so yeah we're definitely doing season three we're gonna keep going as long as you know we can i guess I, as of right now you know as of right now exactly so stay tuned everybody who's out there stay tuned because sabak talk is not stopping with the mandalorian january 2021 we are going to keep things rolling. And if things go according to plan right now, um, it looks like we may be doing a live broadcast um, right around the first of the year um, together to sort of announce the contents of season three of Sabak Talk. So stay tuned and stay in the loop for that. We're really excited about it. Oh, and one other thing, um, can't forget this. This is going to be applying to people that are listening, like, you know, sort of immediately, but please go to our Instagram page and take a look at our story highlights. We're going to be doing the authoritative, the comprehensive listing of the Mandalorian's 16 chapters as they currently stand. Which ones are the best? Which ones are the worst? We're going to get them ranked, but we're not going to be doing it solely through uh, just ranking them according to what our favorites are or our own judgments, but we're going to be doing it through the voice of you, the people. So, um, starting today, we're going to be um, putting out polls to um, see what people think are the best chapters and also giving recaps of all the chapters. 
and then putting them into a bracket and doing the bracket over the next week until we get to the number one. We're going to do a 16 chapter bracket. So um, go, go to our Instagram page. S yeah, dude, it's going to be sick. I'm so excited for it. Cause it's like, it's really fun. Yeah. A lot of people are putting out, yeah, a lot of people are putting out like rankings right now, but I haven't seen anybody doing a tournament or a, um, like a voting uh, for it at all, like a bracket. And so we're gonna do a 16 chapter bracket and it's gonna be freaking awesome. I'm so excited to see like what people choose as the best chapter. So go to our Instagram page, it's S-A-B-A-C-C talk and uh, share it with your friends. Um, we, wanna, we wanna get as many voices in on this as possible um, so that we can get just like a really, really, really great um, yeah, a really, really great idea of what people think is the best chapter of The Mandalorian because there's been 16 so far. Which one's the best? It's so hard to decide. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for this. This is going to be going the week uh, that this podcast releases, uh, so like sort of the week of Christmas. Um, yeah, so go to our Instagram page, please. This is going to be really great. I know, and I know uh, you guys are all obviously waiting for this too, but me and Tim are also going to rank them you know, individually and personally, what we think is the best. It is hard because we do have some that we really love, but if we look back on some of them, we're like, man, that's a really good episode too. So we're, we're, I'm excited to know which one I think is yeah. the best. Um, I have an idea, but like once we break it down to analyze everything, I don't know. <laughs> I, th I think something could come up on top I wasn't expecting. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes though. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. It's going to be even tougher than, uh, than getting the votes in for what people think is trying to figure out what, trying to rank them one through 16 is yeah. really difficult. I mean, so obviously it's going to be a challenge. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to coming. rank the worst episode. It's easy to rank the worst episode, you know, passenger, <laughs> bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Are we freaking done? Are we, are we basically done reviewing this finale? I feel like we, did, did we get into it enough? I feel like we got into it enough. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I, I felt on top of the world after watching the episode and for a lot of reasons and like it was just an emotional roller coaster and that's like that's what good writing is. It takes you through this journey of going through and feeling all these emotions. So I really appreciate that that they did that. Yeah, no, it was that was I was that was the biggest thing definitely for this one was just like the it had me feeling emotional for sure in like a lot of ways. There's so much excitement, sadness, uh, happiness, you know, so it was an exciting one. It's a great way to go off. A great way to sign off. Yeah. Uh, from this Mandalorian phase. And, um, you know, see what's next for Sabak Talk. Man, is this, is this Sabak Talk signing off? I think it is. <laughs> All right, this is Sabak Talk signing off. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Dang. This is the way. This is the way. get into this and I'll, before we get into it i want to say thank you so much to lo-fi artist closed on sunday for that new track that he's recently dropped which is a lo-fi version of the mandalorian theme love it and i think it's uh it, it's been a great addition to our pod so let's get into this <laughs>